everyone. Thank you so much for joining Legacy Christian Academy's town hall meeting. We are so glad to be with you today. You may notice a change of scenery behind me because I am back on campus along with everyone else. We are so happy to be back. Uh, there is a palpable energy here on campus and we are so excited to welcome you back next week. So we've got a lot of great information to share with you today. So without further ado, we will get started here. Uh, so first up, just some brief reminders. Um, all of your lines are muted. If you haven't been with us before, we won't be able to hear you, but we will be able to chat with you throughout today's presentation. So please do ask questions using the chat feature at the bottom of your screen. Uh, we will be monitoring the chat throughout the presentation. We have all of our divisional principals also on the line, so they are able to answer any questions that you might have. Um, and then also please update your view preferences so that you can see the screen well, uh, and you can also see our webcams. So first up, I wanted to share quite a few save the dates. Um, get your pencil out and start scribbling. Um, we will also continue to reiterate these dates through all of our emails, so keep an eye on your email. Also keep an eye on your app. If you have not yet downloaded the app, we'll give you instructions on that here in just a moment. Really important information, divisional town hall meetings. These are in place of our typical Eagle Expo event that we typically have here on campus. This is your opportunity to hear from your divisional, divisional principals and their leadership team about everything that you need to know for the start of school. So these are very, very important. Please register. Those are occurring this week and you should have registration links in your email from Mr. McGee and also from your divisional principals. So if you have trouble finding that, let us know. Uh, meet the teacher opportunities. We also have a slew of meet the teacher opportunities for those of you who have not yet been up on campus and have not had a chance to meet your teachers. So please take note of that. And then of course, we also wanted to remind you that the first day of school is next Thursday, August 13th. So just as important as it is for our students to be back on campus and connect, we are also so excited to have our parents back on campus and connecting and our wonderful parent teacher fellowship uh, is putting together quite a few opportunities for you all to get together, get to know each other and build community. So on the first day of school, if you are looking for a landing spot, please join us for Boohoo Yahoo. This is a wonderful event. It will take place outdoors. We'll be at the football field. Um, and it's a, a, an opportunity for us to honor our kindergarten and senior moms. So, you know, the name Boohoo Yahoo. Some may be crying. Those kindergarten mamas may have a hard day. Some may be cheering. Yahoo, senior moms. <laughs> um, but join us for some community and fellowship as we come together. Masks will be required for all of these events. They will be outside and we will practice physical distancing as much as we can. On Thursday the 20th, uh, PTF kickoff and LCA new mom welcome, mark that down. And then our third annual dad's boot camp is taking place on Saturday the 22nd. So all of our dads, we welcome you on campus and we will hear a great message from Coach Smith and from our very own Jose Ruiz. A few more things, so stick with me. Um, Eagle Mama Women's Ministries coming up on the 26th. That's our online virtual women's ministry. Spirit Shop and Use Uniform Sale. If you missed it the first time around, you've got another shot. So on Saturday the 29th from 9 to 12 in the South Campus Gym, you'll have an opportunity to buy our spirit wear and also any used uniforms you need. And last but certainly not least, we've got our virtual men's and women's Bible studies coming up. Uh, they will get started on September 17th 
um, and you can see the times here listed on your screen. Wanted to also share with you, if you have not gotten all of your LCA gear, please see our online spirit shop. You can buy all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, coming soon, we've got buffs, we've got masks, we've got water bottles, and we've got some new apparel that you can order. Um, all of our new apparel is available for pre-order through the 15th. And now, again, wanted to reiterate that we have a wonderful app uh, that we encourage everyone to download. You'll just need to search for Legacy Christian Academy Frisco on your phone and your app store. And we have introduced passwords this year. So you see the passwords up on your screen. The app is the best source of up-to-date information, and that is how we send up-to-date notifications. So please do be sure when you download the app that you also opt in to the notifications. So with that, I am going to turn things over to our head of school, Mr. Bill McGee. Well, thank you, Shannon, and uh, welcome everyone. You know, and uh, thanks, uh, Shannon, for reminding us about all the uh, events that are uh, upcoming. You know, it's starting to look a lot like the beginning of school and starting to feel that way. Um, I'm excited about uh, uh, the launch of a new school year, even though it's going to be quite different than any uh, year in, in my lifetime. Uh, and in your lifetime, it will, it's still a special time of year, and we can't wait to welcome our students and our families back to campus. This morning, we uh, welcomed our faculty and staff back. Um, now, we didn't meet in one place, so we were very careful to spread out all over campus. We had uh, divisions in different places. We were exercising um, physical distancing, and we were all in our masks, but it was still good to reunite with our faculty. Uh, we had not seen each other in five months since uh, we broke for spring break, so uh, it was really good to see uh, everyone gathered, and I can tell you there is an excitement uh, and a positive spirit among our teachers and our support staff. Uh, they're really looking forward to the new school year despite its challenges. So um, uh, with that, let me uh, just open us in prayer and then I'll have a few announcements uh, before I turn it over to the other panelists. So let's, uh, let's pray. Father, it is good again to be uh, together in your name, together uh, to talk about uh, the future, to talk about our plans. Uh, Father, we, we are uh, we recognize that uh, we live uh, in, in a fallen world and that uh, disease and pestilence and wars and, and bad things happen in a fallen world. And that we have experienced uh, or we are experiencing one of those bad things currently. And yet, Father, we also recognize we serve a good God. We serve a God who is redeeming the world, who is restoring our world to um, a, a better place and will offer us uh, a, a better place eventually. And, and so we are, um, we are thankful for that. And uh, I just ask that as we, uh, um, as we deliberate today, as we uh, commune, uh, even virtually, that uh, we would do so in a spirit of peace, in a spirit of grace, um, and that we, in, an, in a, a spirit of understanding. And I, I ask that all that we say and do this afternoon would be your, to your honor and glory. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, as I mentioned uh, earlier, we gathered uh, today uh, for our opening convocation. Uh, it, we started our, our activities with a worship service. 
Um, and we've done this for the last five years, and it's very important that uh, we start our, uh, officially kick off our, our pre-service activities in corporate worship. Um, during uh, my message to the faculty, um, I talked about the fact that we are in a VUCA world. Now, VUCA is an acronym that you can see on the screen that stands for vol Volatile, Uncertain, com Complex, and Ambiguous. This uh, actually is a military term. It, was, uh, it emerged back uh, around the uh, uh, Cold War era. Uh, several decades ago, and it is it was a strategy that our our military, the U.S. military, adopted to prepare its troops and its leadership for the unpredictability of uh, of battle and and of of the world, basically. And uh, that's really what what I wanted to to point out to our uh, faculty and staff this morning that we we find ourselves in a VUCA world. Uh, there, you know, businesses uh, and certain industries have faced a lot of changes in the last few decades. Uh, they've already navigated a VUCA world. Uh, schools, education have, has uh, largely avoided this. They, they've been very, um, very immune or, uh, to a lot of changes uh, to the way we deliver education. Well, COVID-19 has now created a VUCA world for educators. Um, and, and so I think it's important that we acknowledge that, that, um, that we, uh, we are in unprecedented times that are unpredictable, uncertain, and there it will be uh, complex and ambiguous um, situations that we must face. But there are uh, antidotes. And if you'll go to the next uh, slide there, Adam, um, we can overcome a VUCA world. We'll overcome it through vision and through our core values. We will meet uncertainty through understanding and sharing our unique experiences. We'll react to complexity with clarity through collaboration and we'll fight ambiguity with action and agility. So these were some words of uh, encouragement I gave to our uh, faculty and staff. Um, and, and I think they were well received. I think it's important that we acknowledge that uh, we are in a VUCA world and yet that uh, doesn't have to overcome us, that we can overcome a VUCA world. And so, uh, so we're committed to do that and I'm very excited to work with this team of educators. Um, so let me uh, share with you where we are as far as our operating modalities. Um, we are currently in level three, which is the next uh, uh, most restrictive uh, environment, uh, uh, just short of distance learning. Uh, things have changed somewhat over the summer, uh, sadly not to the better. Uh, we find ourselves uh, still in a, uh, a situation where the virus is spiking in certain uh, communities. Although in the last couple of days, I would say, uh, you know, some good news from Dallas County, it's actually starting to uh, go go back down, but you know, nonetheless, uh, we know that uh, we've seen a summer spike. We are still under the governor's orders, uh, the executive order that he uh, issued on July the second, 
which, um, and we are subject to that. And I want to make sure everyone is uh, clearly understands that is uh, while the attorney general um, uh, did not allow or issued an opinion that uh, local health authorities could not preemptively close schools. Um, the, that is not the same as the governor's orders. We're still under uh, the authority of the governor of Texas. And so right now, uh, our governor is requiring the use of masks or face coverings for anyone age 10 and above when they are in an indoor situation and, uh, and or cannot uh, observe social distancing. So what that means is, uh, whereas initially we thought uh, with our uh, core classroom was spreading kids out during class that uh, our students would not have to wear a mask, um, all middle and upper school students will at least initially have to wear a mask for most of the day, even while they are in class. Um, this is state law. This is uh, the uh, governor's executive order, which has the same authority as state law. So we don't really have a, a choice in that matter. Anyone below age 10, which is basically our lower school, uh, will not have to wear uh, a mask or face covering unless they are in a transition period or in a setting where they cannot observe uh, the six foot uh, physical distancing. So I wanted to um, make sure everyone knew uh, and understood where we are currently. Uh, we hope that uh, over time we'll be able to drop back to level two and loosen those requirements for our middle and upper school. But to begin the year, uh, all adults all, and all students age 10 and above will need to wear a mask even when they're in class. Again, the only exception would be as if you're uh, in, a, in an area where you're all by yourself and, and you will not have contact with others. So what that means for you parents is when you're on campus, you need to bring a mask. Uh, you will not have access to our buildings uh, unless, unless you have one. Also want to know you should have received by now our informed consent and commitment form, uh, which is re uh, we are requiring electronic signature by the first day of school. Um, this is important to uh, parents that you um, are aware that there is a risk involved by sending your children to our on-campus instruction. And it's also a commitment on your part that you will follow our protocols and that you will not knowingly send your child to school with uh, uh, symptoms of COVID-19 or with really any uh, uh, symptoms uh, in any uh, illnesses. So uh, we really, we need that, that consent and commitment form uh, uh, before the, your child attends school on the first day. If for some reason you did not receive that, please contact Adam Housley at the uh, address below and you, uh, he, will make, he will resend that link so that you can uh, docu-sign uh, the informed consent and commitment. All right, now we're ready to talk uh, uh, about our updated New Heights education plan and I'm pleased to turn things over to our Chief Academic Officer, Daniel Townsley. Hello everyone, thank you Bill. I wanted to spend some time reviewing um, our two main options for, for education and learning this year. Um, so really there's two options. There's the on-campus learning option as well as the LCA online option. 
Um, the on-campus learning option has two factors to it. It has our core classrooms, which we have a reduced class size in to help physically distance students, uh, limit exposure. If we have to pivot, um, it provides a smaller group that, that teachers will work with. Um, but that's our core classroom. So smaller classes, more classes spread out throughout the building. And then their other option that we mentioned um, middle of July is our flexible learning, our flex learning option. And so if your child must be absent for personal illness or because you do not want them to be put at risk of infection for a particular time period, then your child will have access to the curriculum being taught through a combination of, of various mediums. Um, and then teachers will make assignments and quizzes and tests um, available as well for students. And each division will have their own unique um, requirements and, and processes for these. But flexible learning is to give you parents um, flexibility um, when you can send your children to school, if there's anything at home of a concern um, or of, a, of um, a health issue that, that you would like to keep them at home for a time period. Um, next slide. So flexible learning, the purpose of this, and this is for all on-campus students. So we have about 14 students going to our LCA online, which is a different program uh, that's online for the entire year. So we have about 14 students participating in that, and I'm glad we can make that available for those families to stay connected. But for every other family in our on-campus learning model, flex learning is, is a part of that that your family can take advantage of when you need. So the purpose is to provide an effective learning solution over a short a week's period or a long month's period of time for students and parents who are currently uncomfortable with the on-campus learning environment. It is the intent of flex learning for families to return on campus when as a family they deem it safe to do so. Um, whereas our LC online program is for families who do not see themselves returning to campus for the remainder of the school year and choose that. On campus with flex is for parents for a time period that have concerns but would like their, their children uh, to return to school when it is safe or appropriate to do so. So students in Flex Learning will be afforded the opportunity to engage with LCA instructional content from the teacher through one of the following methods, pre-recorded instructional videos, recorded footage um, for one of the scheduled classes, uh, possibly um, synchronous video. Um, and it's gonna vary per division on, on what is able to be offered. Teachers will determine and utilize the most appropriate method for their grade level and content area. And content will be delivered through Seesaw in lower school or Schoology for middle school and upper school. Students will complete assignments independently and meet the submission deadlines accordingly. Students will have the opportunity to receive support from the teacher via the scheduled appointment during the teacher's office, teacher's office hours or availability. And some of the, the principals have been sending out more detailed information per division, but I wanted to cover kind of the high points of flex learning. We've been getting a lot of questions, understandably, about it. Next slide, please. So for flex learning, um, generally speaking, and there's different specifics for the different divisions, but generally a family will notify the division principal or dean of students of, for their desire to move to flex learning. The designated student will remain in flex learning until the school is notified by the family that the student will be returning to on-campus learning. So we have not set any limits on the number of days used 
or the time frame that is allowed for the year. Um, but we would like for a student to officially move to this for you to notify your division um, administrator um, so that we can know what a, what a student's working on um, and there's a time period to it that we're aware of that your family is pursuing. Families must also notify the division administration, administration when the student is ill and un unable to complete work for the day. Otherwise, all assignments must be completed within the original assigned timeline. So flex learning is to follow the class and for students to complete assignments as the class is completing them. Um, it's not, and if a child is sick, then let the administrator know so that child can focus on getting better and not worry about deadlines. But if a child is not sick and they're at home, then we ask them to follow the deadlines for the instructional content for their grade level and subjects. So flex learning defined. Flex learning is access to LCA learning content throughout the entire year. It is not guaranteed access to synchronous content. So synchronous basically refers to um, completely live or Zoom-based content for the entire day. So we're guaranteeing that LCA learning will take place, um, but there is still a classroom that a teacher is working with physically and will be limited on the, on the synchronous opportunities, but we will give uh, resources and other, other tools and instructional resources to families by the classroom teacher to continue the learning. Flex learning is an opportunity to collaborate with teachers online through appointment. Um, it's not 24-7 access to a teacher for individual instruction or a reteaching of the lesson. Flex learning is a choice based on personal comfort level over a couple of weeks or more for a family. It's not a daily or hourly choice based on personal preference or student preparedness. And lastly, flex learning, generally speaking, is sequence learning opportunity in coordination with the pace of the traditional class happening on the physical campus of Legacy. It's not a self-paced curriculum with flexible due dates and timelines. Whereas our LCA Online is a completely different program. It is more of a supported homeschool program um, aligned with our scope and sequence at Legacy and support. Uh, there's various models for lower school than for middle school and upper school. Um, and so it's a limited model. It's for parents that are wanting, when they look at the next year, given their family situations, concerns, um, any other issues they might be dealing with, um, it's in their best interest to separate from the physical campus for a year, um, where our LSA on campus with Flex is for families um, who might for a season need to be off campus but want to return to the physical campus when they deem it safe to do so. So the enrollment deadline for LC Online is passed, but if you have any more questions or like information about LC Online, please reach out to me and uh, we'll talk on the phone and, and I'll get you more information. Okay, great. And Adam, I think you are going to join us for Q&A. That's correct. Hey, Daniel, just a, a couple of questions. Uh, I think your explanation did a good job because I don't see a lot coming into the chat. Uh, but uh, a parent asked, is flex learning basically just like the spring semester for middle and upper school? It'll, it'll be similar with, with variations. Um, and so with middle school and upper school, there's, there's different requirements at the division level. And that information is being sent out via email and then also on the division town halls. So I encourage you to attend your division town halls for more uh, specific information about that division. 
uh, there will be some similarities, but it will also be, be different. Um, and so I think that probably be the best way to have those divisional answers um, given. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I know the principals are prepared to address that within their division. So if you have you know, sp very specific questions about your division, do contact uh, your principals or you think of the middle schools, uh, Coach Roach, uh, the Dean of Students. So uh, one last question. Um, I think this was addressed, but I think it's good to ask or answer it in the chat. So even though we want our child to be on campus as much as possible, Flex allows us uh, to pull him for brief periods of time, so long as we communicate according to the notification guidelines. That is correct. So we're just in partnership with families. We know that that um, you're being understanding and flexible with, with various situations that affect the school. And we wanna do the same for you. So as long as you follow those guidelines and, and, um, and, and notify us, and it's for an extended period of time, we, we don't want it being abused, you know, where on a half day a student leaves because there might be a test or something else they're concerned about. But if your family, um, for whatever reason, needs to keep your, your child at home, um, then this option will provide support for you and continue the learning. All right, very good. All right, well, we are going to transition over to Nurse Detloff. Hello, everyone. I have a few, a few uh, updates to share with you. Um, the CDC has updated their time-based requirements for anyone returning uh, to campus after a positive COVID-19 test result. Um, the changes um, that have been made, uh, a student would need uh, no fever for, instead of having no fever for 72 hours, it has been changed to 24 hours without the use of um, fever reducing medication. Um, noted improvement in respiratory symptoms has now been changed to just all COVID-19 symptoms and not just focusing on respiratory symptoms. Uh, it still requires that at least 10 days have passed since symptoms first appeared and we will still require a letter to return from a physician. Uh, the CDC has also redefined close contact as being less than six feet apart for more than 15 minutes. Uh, wearing a face covering uh, or not is no longer a factor in determining uh, close contact. Uh, this change will definitely affect the contact tracing process. Um, but it will still be done in cooperation with the local public health agencies and uh, LCA's administration. Um, this information will then be communicated to the LCA community. Uh, the names of the specific individuals involved will not be released, but the grade level or the specific campus affected um, will be stated. Um, now, Mr. McGee has already addressed uh, face coverings. Um, but I wanted to um, just review that real quickly. Again, all students age 10 and older uh, will wear a face covering while on campus when we're in level three restrictions. And students below age 10 will wear a face covering only when physical distancing is not possible. Uh, hopefully when we are able to uh, return back to level two, Students age 10 and older will also uh, then be allowed to only wear a face covering when physical distancing is not possible. Um, so our new morning routine. Our new morning routine will include temperature checks. Um, a temperature check will be taken on each student, faculty, and staff member prior to entering the school building. Uh, temperatures will be obtained um, by a handheld non-contact thermometer or a temperature verification kiosk. 
Um, both options will require that the temperature be below 100 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for entry into the building. Um, if a temperature is um, below 99.5, then the individual will enter the, the building. If a temperature is 99.5 to 99.9, and there are no other symptoms um, present, the individual will enter the building. Um, if there are respiratory or uh, allergy-like symptoms present, the individual will be asked to wear a mask for the day or, or they can choose to go home. Uh, if a fever is 100 degrees um, or above, uh, the individual will not be allowed to enter the building and will be sent home. And um, in regards to testing, uh, what is the protocol uh, if and when we have a confirmed case on campus? Um, if a legacy student, faculty, or staff member tests positive for COVID-19, I will notify Denton Public Health and with their help, uh, we'll notify all those that have been in close contact, um, which I er mentioned earlier is now less than six feet for more than 15 minutes. Um, the, this uh, contact tracing will include, include classmates, teachers, and administrators. Um, those identified to have been in close contact will be dismissed from school and each family involved will follow the recommendations of their physicians regarding whether to undergo testing or to institute a 14-day um, self-quarantine. Now, if a student tests positive, when can they return to school? Uh, in order for a student to return to campus, um, they would need, um, if there's uh, testing uh, supplies available, uh, then they would um, need to have no fever for 24 hours without the use of fever-reducing medications, noted improvement in symptoms, a negative COVID-19 uh, test, and a letter from their physician stating they can return. Um, now, if there is a shortage of testing supplies or if a physician is not recommending uh, a student uh, to be retested, then we'll follow the CDC time-based requirements, um, which is um, the same. Um, except for there's not a negative uh, test result or report required. Um, but all of the same uh, requirements would be in place and regarding uh, no fever for 24 hours, improved um, symptoms, at least 10 days have passed since symptoms first appeared and able to provide a, a letter from their doctor. So my student has ex been exposed to COVID, what's next? Um, if a student is exposed to COVID-19 and is indicated by contact tracing, uh, the family will be asked to follow the recommendations of their physician. Uh, students will quarantine until test results can be verified, and those awaiting test results or participating in a self-quarantine um, will receive direction and resources to support uh, learning at home from their teachers. And I believe now we're going to head back to Adam for questions. Yes, Angie, we do have a few questions for you. Um, will children 10 years, well, we talked about this. So we talked about the masks, what ages. Um, can children wear face shields instead of masks? Yes, um, definitely. Uh, the face masks or face shield or a buff, uh, those would all um, meet the requirements that the CDC has for face coverings. Okay, and so if I'm wanting to know if my mask is allowed on campus in terms of does it meet the standards, I should look at the CDC standards for mask requirements? Yes. All right, and will kids have to wear masks at recess? 
um, they will not. Um, the wearing masks is not um, recommended uh, during um, high activity time. Um, and so uh, they will um, not have to wear masks during those um, activities. Okay, and um, will children with allergies be required to wear masks? Or if not, if, if they won't wear the mask, do they have to go home? Right, so if, if we have severe allergy symptoms, um, uh, a lot of coughing, um, uh, those type of things, we will ask students to, to wear a mask um, just as a, a precaution. Um, and again, if uh, would rather not wear a mask that day, um, then uh, the choice is that they can they can go home. Um, I I would um, you know if there's a, a note that can be provided from a physician saying that they are not contagious, um, that's definitely something that we can um, look at. Or if you have any concerns about that, please um, email me or call me, and we can talk through the symptoms. Um, what I've been telling um, parents is we're looking for anything that's new or different. So if this is the symptoms that they usually have during allergy season um, and it's not new or different than what they've um, experienced in the past, um, then uh, we know that they're allergies. But it is something for parents just to be aware of and to monitor closely. Okay. If someone in the family tests positive for COVID, would the school require the student to move to the flexible learning plan until the family's exposure is over or everyone tests negative? Yes, <clears throat> excuse me, yes. Uh, the student would be um, required to move to flex learning um, until the family exposure has met either the um, test-based or the time-based requirements. Okay. And what if the governor says masks at all times and the CDC does not? Will we still follow what the CDC guidelines, or which one will we follow? Sorry. We, we would need to follow the governor's order. Okay. Any specific types of tests required for the negative test result? Um, there, there are constantly um, changes um, happening in the process of testing and the availability of testing. And so um, I am asking families to follow their physician's recommendations regarding um, testing. Um, and uh, I, I will accept any of, of those um, tests that have been recommended by their physician. Okay. If a child is found to have a fever at school, is the school requiring a doctor's visit before they can return to school? And not necessarily a, a doctor's visit, um, but I would encourage families, um, if we do send your student home with a fever, um, that you uh, contact your physician. Um, and before uh, the student is able to return to campus, um, we would need a note just stating that they're no longer contagious um, due to the fever. Um, and we would continue to follow what our handbook says in regards to no fever for 24 hours without the use of um, fever reducing medication. Okay, and I believe this is the last question before we move forward. Uh, if a student tests positive for COVID, would their siblings be required to stay home as well to be monitored until a negative test is provided in a letter from the physician uh, stating they can return to school? Yes, um, anyone in the same household as a student with a positive test result would need to follow their, recommend, their uh, physician's recommendations and again, meet either the test-based or the time-based requirements before they returning, uh, return to campus. 
Okay. And then last question, this has come up uh, a couple times in the chat. Will notification be sent to all parents in a classroom if a child in that class tests positive? Yes. Yes, we'll um, notify um, all those that have been in close contact so that they can, um, again, contact their physician um, and get those recommendations. Um, and then uh, we will, again, clean classrooms and, and do what we can to make the environment safe. Okay, and sorry, one last question. Um, can you talk about the, the contact tracing happens in through the county, through Denton County, because that's the county we're located in, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, very good. That, so it's not done by the school or can you talk about what that looks like a little bit? Sure. How it, it works? Yeah, it'll be done in cooperation with um, the Denton Public Health. Um, what they require of me is um, calling them and um, letting them know uh, that we may have or we do do have a positive uh, case. Um, in most cases, they already know because it's the physician or who uh, the testing uh, was through. It's responsibility to notify them. Um, but once I've talked with them and get their recommendations, uh, then we can work in cooperation. Um, either I would be the one contacting families um, or in combination, um, I and Denton Public Health would be notifying those um, in that have been in close contact or indicated with contact tracing. All right, thank you so much, Angie. I appreciate your time and all of your efforts. And with that, we're gonna to go to your partner in crime recently, Mr. Bill Dyer over campus operations. There we go. Thank you, Adam, appreciate it. Uh, for those that have been on these town halls, um, this is going to seem like some repetition. I apologize for that, but uh, much of the information that we're sharing regarding operations on campus are, are very similar. And for those that haven't been on the town halls yet, this is a good chance to get caught up. So uh, starting with start and end times, uh, and we'll share this more, but uh, you know, the, the, the lower school will begin earlier with Carlines, the middle school will. Um, upper school has a, a separate schedule, but they're also physically uh, at a slightly different building or a different building than the others, and so they can be independent. So, but these are your start times. Uh, we'll certainly communicate if for any reason those times will be different on any particular day. Um, but uh, these are your start and end times as currently defined for the school year. Uh, moving on to car lines, again reiterating that the car line routes themselves uh, will not be different for those that are returning. They will be the same as what you have experienced in, uh, last year. Uh, the only difference will be the process by which your children are screened prior to them being uh, granted entry into the school. So temperatures being taken at the car uh, prior to them exiting and of course a reminder at that time that uh, you know uh, to, to grab their mask, make sure they have their mask since it'll be required of them at some point, uh, depending on the age at some point in the school. Uh, again, I would wanna ask that you be patient with us uh, in many of the things we're doing. We are in an uncharted area. So we have done our best to anticipate what car lines will look like and how long they'll take. Uh, it will probably be a work in progress. So after the first few days, we may have to tweak slightly, but this is what we anticipate. Uh, will uh, allow us to get kids in and out uh, appropriate. Um, okay, 
Uh, moving on to lunch, uh, again, sharing what we have before. For South Campus, all the lunches will be delivered. We will not have students uh, coming down to the cafetorium to uh, go through lunch line. So all lunches will need to be pre-ordered um, through uh, a website that Sage is setting up um, and will need to be pre-ordered with a certain amount of uh, time ahead. Uh, we will need lunches ordered a week prior to the, the week they're being delivered. So more of that detail will be coming from Sage and, and from Legacy uh, very shortly with more details on exactly how this will work and where you go to do that. Uh, um, North Campus, very similar, except that they won't be delivered and uh, they will just come down to lunch as normal, but either head back to a classroom or in some cases, uh, they will uh, be able to stay with their friends in the commons lunch area uh, based on a rotating schedule they'll be assigned. Um, okay, sorry, uh, cleaning protocols, uh, again, enhanced processes, sanitizers, just about everywhere, both in hallways and in classrooms. Uh, surface sanitizing um, solution and uh, methodologies for that. Um, uh, Touchless paper towel dispensers, all those things. Uh, the HVAC, uh, MERV 16 level filtration. I, I can tell you anecdotally, I've had a couple teachers come to me. We've already put these filters in place and I've had some teachers come and tell me that uh, for the first time that they can recall, they've not been experiencing um, allergy symptoms while in our school buildings. So I'll take that as anecdotal evidence that these filters are having a, a positive effect on at least uh, what's out there now. Um, okay, um, we can go ahead and move forward. So one of the things I want to do, uh, I can describe all this as much as I want, but if you're like me, a picture's worth a, a thousand words. So I thought what might be a little different for us would be for us to uh, share with you some photos of some of the things we've been discussing. And so if we move on to that next slide. So uh, we've talked about the drinking fountains. We're having all the drinking fountains retrofitted to have bottle fillers. Um, we're turning off the actual drinking fountains. So the only option they're going to have is bottle filled. So this is where I'll do a shameless plug for y'all to go down to the spirit shop and purchase some uh, LCA uh, water bottles uh, for your students to use in the coming school year because they're certainly going to want to have them. Uh, we've made reference to this temp uh, thermometer kiosk. Of course, we'll have the handheld ones for car lines, but we do have some kiosk versions placed around uh, certain doors on campus and uh, they're self-serve. You can walk up and it'll tell you whether or not you are within temperature range or not. Uh, touchless paper towel dispensers, we can move on there. Uh, next slide. So one of the things we did for uh, pre-K was that we wanted to give the option to have a divider in place just for safety, but rather than go plexiglass, we wanted to make it utilitarian. So we've actually had these dividers built where it is actually a, a dry erase um, board surface. So they can also use it during the day for practicing letters or whatever else. Uh, so these will be in the, in the pre-K um, classrooms. Uh, moving on, this is an example of kinder classroom with uh, desks physically spaced. Uh, next slide as well, we'll also look at a standard lower school classroom with the distancing of the desks as well. And then uh, one of the things in order to accommodate that space in the classroom, we needed to take cubbies out. So that would be normally where they'd put their backpacks and hang their coats. So by removing those, we also had to then provide a place for them to hang their coats and backpacks. So all throughout lower school, you'll, uh, if and when you're in the hallways, you'll see these hooks. And this is where the students will 
uh, place their personal belongings before going in the classroom. Okay, uh, another example, here's a middle school classroom that has been uh, spaced. And then certainly last, but oh, uh, we did also renovate our uh, lower school or south reception area um, to create more physical space in the reception area for guests when they're in there. Uh, they can spread out a bit more. Okay, uh, here's an upper school classroom as well. And then this is actually a creative way. Uh, Mr. Mosley had wanted to find a way on occasion where classes, if they wanted to, on a nice day, could actually conduct class outside. If you recall, as younger kids, we were always begging our teachers on pretty days to teach outside. So uh, Mr. Mosley has created an option here for students to be able to be in the courtyard uh, for a class. So I just thought that was a fun thing. Anyway, very good. That's what I have until you have questions for me, Adam. Oh, I have questions for you, Mr. <laughs> Dyer. You have managed to light up the chat room like nobody else. Um, here we go with uh, some questions. If we have a lower school child and a middle school child, are we allowed to drop both off at 8 a.m.? And what about picking them up? Yes, so if you have a child in both divisions at the South Campus, yes, yeah, you can drop both children at the earliest car line that you are qualified for. And we will indeed have a place for the other student to be until they can be transitioned to the class space they're gonna be assigned for morning. All right, very good. Uh, will we be able to walk our kids into school for the first day back on campus? Uh, yes, for lower school only. We are not doing this for middle and upper, but for the lower school, yes, we're going to make arrangements uh, that first day of school, there will be a modified schedule slightly for the car line that will allow parents to park and bring their child in. Uh, they'll give you more details, but um, the idea being, I know some teachers, uh, parents like to take photos in front of the classroom and all that, but the restrictions will be that you'll not be allowed in the classroom itself. And we will um, request that you honor our, our, our desire that you not linger, that you come and say goodbye, give that last hug for the first day and then exit as quickly as possible so we don't get a large crowd gathering. More details on the timing and all this uh, will be in uh, Tiffany's divisional um, uh, meeting for the parents town hall. Okay, um, so just a quick note on Carline maps. We've had some parents ask about when those will be available. Uh, those are forthcoming very soon. So if you are a new family or even a returning family, we will have updated Carline maps uh, we were holding off on that until we finalized all the car line plans. So just continue to be patient with us and we will get you that information. Um, here's a question with only 30 minutes for morning car lines and taking temperatures while in the car. Are we confident we can get everyone in the building on time? Well, I'll go back to my previous comment that um, what is it the military said uh, that uh, the best laid plans never survive contact with the enemy. We are hopeful that all will go as planned, but it, I will say our success is gonna rely on the cooperation of our parents in the car line. We're gonna need your students with the backpack on and ready to go already, uh, as opposed to sometimes, you know, now they're up and out and have to take a few minutes to put a backpack on only to find out. And, you know, so for this to work properly, we're going to really need the cooperation of all our parents in car line uh, helping us keep this running smoothly and not clogging the system. Okay, and patience. We need lots of patience. Patience all around. That's right. Okay, um, let's talk about lunches. Will microwaves be available? 
Microwaves will be available for upper and middle school. We're still discussing whether lower school would need microwaves, and if so, at what ages. I know that in past they have not encouraged parents to be sending microwave items for the youngers. Uh, so that middle, uh, lower school one has not been determined 100%, but I, I can tell you that middle and upper school will have availability of microwaves. Okay. And uh, let me preface this question by saying that we are on the cusp of sending out emails um, to all grade levels about how to order uh, lunch with Sage. We've got some, some detailed information that's set to go out. Um, so be on the lookout for that, families. Uh, but the question is, will lunch be available on the first um, few days of school or will it start the following week? So as you mentioned, our, our expectation is that we'll have communication out to the families very quickly. I just, just before the call or before the town hall, I spoke with um, uh, our representative from SAGE and uh, we strongly believe we can have this communicate out to the families before end of day tomorrow, which gives us at least that one week notice ahead of time for ordering that we're anticipating needing. And so at that point, we see no reason why school, why lunches would not be uh, available on first day of school as planned. Okay, I'm gonna jump back to car lines real quick. Uh, for students who walk to school, do they need to go to a specific door? Um, it's probably more so on the South Campus than the North Campus, but uh, do we have protocols for walkers? Yes, in fact, for the walkers, we're gonna need them to enter in the same door that the drop-off kids in car line would be as well. So we're needing to limit the amount of people who may or may not pass through the, our receptionist areas at the South Campus on any, at any given moment. So students that can come through a normal car line entry, that's where we need them to be. Okay, and they would just wait to have their temperature scanned by one of the adults that's outside scanning the temperatures? Correct, and we'll see them walking up and we will uh, step over and make sure we get their temperature before they go in. Okay, uh, what if they pay for lunch in advance and then they are sick, will they be charged or will families have to notify SAGE each day? That's a good question, isn't it? It is, and actually we've talked that through with SAGE and the way this would work is that you'll pre-order your lunch, but you will not actually be charged for the lunch until it's actually delivered to the student. Okay, and uh, what happens if my child forgets his or her lunch and leaves it in the car as they're getting out so quickly to help us out. That never happens, Adam. <laughs> All right, so uh, yes, we do anticipate that and Sage will be preparing additional uh, quantities of lunches above and beyond what's already been pre-ordered in anticipation of that. Uh, I do strongly encourage all parents, even if you don't plan to use it all the time, that you go ahead and uh, open up a My Kids Spending account and at least have some kind of funds in there so that we can reconcile that lunch with you as easily as possible. Um, that would be my only comment there. Okay, so I'm starting to make my way through the rest of these questions in the chat. I can see that I'm about 31 messages behind. So parents, stay with us as we work through these. Uh, but there was a question uh, request to show start times again. And what I was going to say is the email we sent home today had a downloadable version of New Heights in it. And the start times we showed were straight from that New Heights. So it's downloadable. In the past, you've had to go to the website and find your page. but uh, it's got a link for you to download a PDF version there. So if you need to check that again, you may do so there. Um, scrolling through here. 
Adam, can I randomly toss something in here? Just yes, daunting, please. As most parents would probably do anyway, uh, especially with the water bottles, can you please be sure as families that you label your student's water bottle with a name before sending it to school? Um, I've seen a lot of division specific questions in here. In fact, almost all the ones that I see remaining are division specific. So we're going to actually save those until those divisional town halls, most of them uh, involve the first day of school and parents coming in. Um, Bill, I know we asked you about the first day of school and it's lower school parents are, are welcome to come in the building that first day if they need to, right? That is correct. Okay, very good. All right. Well, I think that actually concludes um, all of our Q&A questions. One last scroll through here. So the final question we have there is, will the division town halls be recorded and distributed? Uh, the answer to that would be yes. Um, they will probably all be shared out uh, a week from Monday. Well, next Monday. Our final, our lower school town hall is now on Friday, so we will probably package all of those up on Monday and send them out to the families. So with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to Mr. McGee. Alrighty, a uh, couple of things, uh, parents, I wanna share with you. Number one, because we have had some questions about substitute teachers. Uh, I think it's important for you to uh, uh, know that we have, we are recruiting an exclusive group of substitute teachers who will not take jobs at any other school. So we uh, uh, co are committing funds to, um, uh, to pay this exclusive group above market rates. In other words, we're gonna pay them uh, at least 50% more than what they would normally make uh, substituting for any other school. And that's so that we can limit uh, exposure of a substitute to another school. And so we're, get, we're starting to get quite a few uh, applications for uh, substitute teaching positions. Uh, we can always use more. So parents, if you have the time and expertise and the desire to help out um, and wanna be part of our uh, on-call substitute list, I would encourage you to go to our website uh, and uh, fill out a substitute application. We have just recently hired a substitute coordinator who will oversee this program. And we really think it's, it, it's gonna be good for our school. It, it will not only protect our, our uh, community uh, from cross-contamination with other schools, it will also give us a chance to really invest in the preparation of our substitutes to make sure that uh, not if, but when we have a teacher that has to be out for uh, quarantine or illness purposes, we'll have the very best substitute available. So, um, so I'm excited about uh, uh, that possibility and want to encourage parents to take full advantage of, of that. Um, also, uh, before I close this in prayer, uh, I, I just want to, again, appeal to the entire community. So if you're a parent on this, um, on this Zoom call or you're a, a teacher, you're, you're um, a part of our, our community, um, and, and we talked about this this morning during our opening convocation. It is very important that we exercise grace and forgiveness uh, during these extraordinary times. Um, I will tell you, we are, um, 
you know, we don't have all the answers yet. We're working to get as many answers as possible. And as you can see, and as you heard uh, today, uh, uh, there have been extensive preparations done throughout the summer to uh, be able to open our campus back up uh, next week. Uh, but we, the, we have to all understand that the environment around us may change. And that uh, when it does, uh, we can't get frustrated and take our anger out on each other. We, we must understand that uh, there are things that are beyond our control. And, um, and there'll be times where we may disagree. You know, uh, parents, you may not like to wear a mask while you're in our building, you know, but we're, we're going to insist that you do. And, and that, please understand, that's for the benefit of all. That's for the protection of our students, our faculty, uh, and everyone on our campus. So we would, uh, that's why we're asking you to um, uh, fill out that commitment form, the informed consent and commitment form. We, we need you to pledge your support of our plan. Um, also, wanna, uh, I, I wanna say this in, in um, protection of our, our teachers. Um, our teachers are gonna be called upon to do more than they've ever done in their entire career. Parents, please respect their boundaries. Um, you, you do not have the right to a 24-7 access to our teachers. Our teachers have their own families. They have their own children to attend to. Uh, they have their own health and well-being that they have to uh, uh, be mindful of. So if you send them an email at 11 p.m. on Sunday night, don't expect an answer until the next day. Or if you send it even over the weekend, they may or may not answer you. In fact, I told the teachers today, you have my permission to put your email on out of office notification on the weekends um, that uh, you need rest. You need a Sabbath on a regular basis. I mean, that is, uh, you know, a God ordained. In fact, he commanded that we observe a Sabbath. And that applies to our teachers as well. They need some rest and they don't need to be on call 24 seven. And so parents, please help us with that. Um, don't demand an answer uh, late or, or over the weekend or late at night. I, t I told the uh, teachers that I turn my computer off, I turn my phone off uh, after dinner every evening. And so, um, so we're, um, we need to respect our, our, our teachers, we need to respect each other. Uh, you know, parents, you need a break. So, uh, so we want to uh, make sure that that we treat each and every everyone in our community with respect at all times. Even when we're frustrated, we want to make sure that uh, we are uh, doing everything we can to uh, extend grace and forgiveness to one another. So, with that, let me close us in prayer, and then I'll hand it over to Shannon Nelson for some closing remarks. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for this time. I thank you for our parents uh, who ask very, very good questions and are so involved in the education of their children. That's evident. Um, and that uh, are uh, putting their trust in, uh, in, in the educators at, at Legacy Christian Academy. Uh, we, we take that um, 
responsibility seriously, Father, and, and we would ask that you would guide and direct all of our decisions, uh, that we would, uh, um, that we would uh, commit everything we do to, uh, uh, to reflecting your excellence and your glory. Father, I continue to pray regularly and fervently for the protection of our community. And um, I look forward to welcoming our students next week and uh, just uh, continuing our mission uh, to develop strong leaders with biblical convictions. And I, I just thank you for that privilege. And I ask that you give everyone uh, rest and peace and that uh, this, uh, I, I just pray that this school year will be the best ever. Despite our challenges, Father, um, we can redeem this situation and we can turn this, um, these challenges into an opportunity to grow spiritually uh, as well as physically, mentally, and socially. So Father, uh, uh, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And it's in your son's name I pray, amen. All right, well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. McGee and all of our panelists. Uh, before we let you go, I wanted to reiterate these important dates that you need to have on your calendars. So uh, divisional town hall meetings coming up Thursday and Friday. Uh, we can't wait to see you, uh, but please do make sure that you've registered. Again, you've got those emails from Mr. McGee along with the emails from your divisional principals. So hopefully you've got it somewhere in your inbox. Uh, meet the teacher opportunities. Again, wanted to make sure you have these dates in front of you. And then last but not least, we can't wait for next Thursday. So with that, wanted to remind you of some of our resources. Uh, check out our website for updated information. Um, if you need technology support, RenWeb contact information, so on and so forth. A big one uh, you heard from Angie today. She is our Director of Health Resources. She's a, a great resource for you, and I know she's happy to answer any questions that you have. But if you have questions that were not answered today, uh, we encourage you to get in touch with us uh, using the email questions at legacyca.com and we will do our best to get back to you in a timely manner. Um, also wanted to share with you our social media platforms. So we have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, uh, YouTube is really important. So all of our recordings for all of the town hall meetings are available for you to view on YouTube. So that's where we upload our recordings. Encourage you to go check those out. Um, and then we also have all of the audio files uploaded to our podcast channel. So if you can't watch, you can listen. Um, and with that, wanted to say thank you so much for joining. We can't wait to see you next week. We are here to, to help you and to support you. Um, and we love you and we're praying for you. See you soon.